Okay, let's begin our discussion of this year's Parshas Matos Masay Tov Shin Pei. Matos Masay Tov Shin Pei. As we uh, finish off Sefer Bamidbar, have the Chazak uh, Chazak, and uh, we are in the second Parsha, as we know, of the three weeks between Shabbat Shabbatamuz and Tishabah. And as often, some of the thoughts will be related to the Parsha, as well as related to Inyana Diyama. But we start off with something that we mentioned, I think, seven or eight years ago, but it's a thought that is, uh, is crucial for our, our appreciation of Torah in general, and for Moshe Rabbeinu in particular. So I thought we would uh, look at it again here in Parsha's Mato. So we start off with the beginning of the Parsha. Beginning of the Parsha, we have, we know... Um, Parsha of of uh, the Nedarim, Hataras Nedarim. We'll talk about uh, Hataras Nedarim versus Hafaras Nedarim, and uh, we will uh, start off with Rashi and the thought of the Emes Liakov or Yaakov Kamenetsky, as uh, is described in source number one and uh, source number one and two. I'm just trying to stretch this uh, screen so I could, uh, you know, be. Um, have everybody uh, here? I could see everybody, and they could see, uh, and they could see me. Okay, here we go. Says the uh, says the pasuk. Moshe says to the Rashi Amatos, "This is the thing." Zehadavar. Chazal pick up on that phrase. Zehadavar. Asher tziva Hashem. There's gzera shavis between this parsha and other parshios. Ishki dar neder Hashem. The details of of uh, Nedarim. So Rashi quotes that this lashon of Zehadavar is unique, unique to Moshe Rabbeinu. Zehadavar, Moshe Nisnaba Beko Amar Hashem Kachatzos Halayla. Moshe Rabbeinu prophesized with the phrase Ko Amar Hashem. So says Hashem Kachatzos Halayla. Vahanevim Nisnabu Beko Amar Hashem, and other Nevim also. Prophesize with Ko Amar Hashem. Mosif Alehem Moshe, but Moshe had another uh, phrase that he used in his Nevuah, and that is Shnesnabe Balashin Zehadavar. He also used Zehadavar, unlike other Nevi'im that did not use Zehadavar, rather they just use Ko Amar Hashem. So what's the difference between Zehadavar and Ko Amar Hashem? Says the Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, here in source number one. Pitzarach Lahavin, Mahachilak, Bain, Lashen Ko, Lashen Zeh. So, and this, what's the difference between those Lashonos? Koamar Hashem and Zehadavar. Vegam, Im Lashon Zehu Madrega Yoser Gavoa, and also, if Zehadavar reflects something unique and special about Moshe Rabbeinu, Im Kain Madua Himtena Kasava Sopa Midvar. So, why here? <laughs> All the way at the end of Sefer Bamidbar, do we have this this allusion or mention of something unique about Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu is mentioned in every parsha in Sefer Shmos, in Vayikra, and in Bamidbar, except for Parsha Tetzaveh. But in every other parsha, he's mentioned. So why would the Torah wait until all the way at the end to allude to something unique about Moshe Rabbeinu? Back in back in Shmos, we should hear it. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, a Yisod Gadol about Moshe Rabbeinu. And a Yisod Gadol about understanding and appreciating Torah itself. Bahanira Li. This is what it appears to be. We find in Meseches Sanhedrin. When it comes to uh, true prophets. Two Nevi'im would never use the same exact words. They would never. 
because Nevi'im have a vision and they have to interpret it by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They have to interpret it by um, whatever they... Um, the vision that they had to try to uh, understand and decipher what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, was communicating with them. So therefore, because there is some human input in the Nevuah that was told to the Navi, so two Nevi'im will never be misnabeh besignon, besignon echad. But when it comes to, I'm sorry, we have a first, umizeh heven Yehoshaphat achav That's how Yehoshaphat, the story in Nevi'im, uh, understood that the Nevi'eh achav were not true because they were being misnabeh besignon echad. They were being misnabeh with the exact lashon that uh, the other one was using. But why is that? We just explained it. I kind of gave it away already. But he said, Why is that? The ones that are true, the ones that are really getting a message from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, shouldn't they be having the exact uh, message and using the same words? And the ones that are making it up would use different words. So wouldn't it be the opposite? So the answer is, as we just explained, no, because by every Navi, each Navi partakes and helps interpret and present the Nevuah. Line 16. The Nirali, the Be'emes Amr Chazal, Keshem Shepartsufei Ha'adam Einam Domen Zevlazeh, Kach Eintoh Deoseon Shavu. Just like people's faces are different, people's minds are different. And therefore, if I tell somebody over, if I give a shear and three of my Talmidim give it over at the Shabbos table, they're all going to say it a little differently. They're not going to say it the exact same way. Because every Talmud, every Navi gets it, <laughs> the idea, but the way that it's expressed is different, and therefore the uh, depends on background. It depends on on where they're from. It depends on on uh, a hundred different things. But that's when it comes to all neviim. Line thirty. V'nimsa lefizeh shagam ishiyuta navi mishtatefes benevua. The personality of the navi takes part in the nevua. Umar mo the navi asachizayon and shows the navi the vision. Va'navi mabio lefikochosav utchunosav. That's koamar shem, because koamar shem is I don't know if we would call it paraphrasing, but interpreting and presenting it in a way where the navi is taking part in the in the process. Mashe'en came by Moshe Rabbeinu, but when it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu. Is different. But when it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu gives the nevuah just exactly as he uh, sees it. That's zehadavar. Zehadavar is a, a phrase that zeh always in the Torah means you can able to point to it. Whenever it says Zeh, HaChodesh HaZelachem pointed to the moon, the menorah, it's Zeh Maaseh HaMenorah, by Ben Tzorah Morah, B'neinu Zeh Sorer Moreh. By all of these, the, the phrase of Zeh represents clarity, a vision of someone being able to express the, uh, what they see, and not just what they interpret, and that was the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. The clarity of vision, and that's Zeh HaDavar. Moshe Rabbeinu was what we call Shechina Medeberes Mitel Grono. It was the clarity, the Rambam's four differences between Moshe Rabbeinu and the other Nevi'im. One of them was the clarity. The clarity, what's called Espaklaria Hameira, and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have any Hishtatfus, any input in his Nevuah, and that's what's meant by Zeadavar versus Ko, Ko, uh, Ko Amar Hashem. Good. So now, though, why is the Dafka here? 
Why is the Dafka mentioned by the Parsha of Nedarim? What do we see from the Parsha Nedarim? A person can make their own mitzvos. A person can make their own averos. A person can um, create laws for themselves. Right? So that is something that is that is very uh, unique in the world of, of halacha, that we could change something into... No, my own, my own laws, my own, uh, my own uh, assays and los assays. But this parsha of Nedarim, therefore, might represent a very dangerous um, recipe for those who want to bring into doubt the nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Says Rabbi Yaakov, Vaharei. Yesh Pekocha on the top left. A person has the power, Litzoru Lechadesh, Mitzvos Vaveras Chadashos. A person could create new mitzvos. I could swear or promise I'll eat a hamburger, or that it's also to eat a hamburger. And it'll be a mitzvah, just like Achilles Matzah, and just like the Losas they have not eating, not kosher. So lest one think, as one sees from Parsons Nadarim, that you could create something yourself, that maybe Moshe Rabbeinu also did it. Moshe Rabbeinu also created mitzvos, or averos. Dafke, in this context, zehadavar. Moshe Rabbeinu was exact in his transmission. Moshe Rabbeinu, Dafka gave it over word for word, letter for letter. Line 11. The kivan sheishlo la'adav koach lahusif patorah lafichach hayaol al daitenu. It would go up in my mind. Shagam patorah net lachelik ishiu social Moshe. Maybe in Torah also, Moshe gave his personal touch, like all other neviim. No, zehadavar bezehamako madgisha Torah va'amar zehadavar. That even though we have the parsha of Nedarim, this everything Moshe Rabbeinu told us. Is exactly what he heard from uh, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Nothing less and nothing more. Zehadavar Asher Tziva Hashem. <laughs> Even adds that maybe this is also connected to uh, the Gemara in Baal Basra that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote Bilam, but um, we'll leave that for for now. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> there is another uh, element in Hataras Nedarim that we could focus on, that Rav Shechter focuses on in his Sefer on the Parsha. We'll start off with a little detail of a question. Remember, from Erev Rosh Hashanah, when we are uh, Matur Neder, we have Hataras Nedarim, we say it three times. Mutalach, Mutalach, Mutalach. Or the Dayanim go through the whole paragraph three times. That is the Minhag. So why Dafka three times? Why Dafka three times? So Rav Shechter here, <laughs> and on the Parsha, discusses that Hataras Nadarim is not mentioned in the Torah. As we know, as is mentioned in the Torah Shebechsav, only Hafara is mentioned. Hafara of the husband, Hafara of a family member to get rid of the Nadar. But what about Hataras Nadarim? The Mishnah says, Parchin Bavir. It's nowhere. It's all Torah Shebalpeh. The entire section of Hataras Nadarim is Torah Shabbat Peh, right? He quotes the Mishnah Chagiga on the bottom left. And therefore, the Karaim, now on the top right, never practice Hataras Nadarim, only Hafaras Nadarim, because they only follow the Mikra. They only follow what is explicit. We know there are many Machlokos between the Tsukim and the Prushim, or the uh, Karaites and the, and the ones who believed in Torah Shabbat Peh, 
And as we will see, as we will see, Chazal always recognized the danger and always had a lot of pop and circumstance whenever there was an opportunity to show the validity and the veracity and our loyalty to Torah Shabalpeh against the Karaites. We know the process described in Meseches Menachas of the Omer, the Ksiras Omer, <laughs> says the um, writes Rav Shechter. But we know that was probably the most famous machlokas between the Stukim and the Frushim. The Stukim hold that Shvuas is always seven weeks, the Sunday after, seven Sundays after Pesach starts. Because it's Bimachoros HaShabbos, as it says in Parshish Emor. But we, of course, know that Merchot HaShabbos means Bimachoros the first day of Pesach. Why do they use the word Shabbos there? Many drushes and many pshatim given. But either way, that's what we know. The Gemara Menachah says that the Tzdukim said, no, it's always on a Sunday, because Moshe Rabbeinu always wanted to give the Jews a long weekend, and he was always he was lazy, made up a whole a whole thing. But we know the Mishnah and Menachas describe the pomp and the circumstance. They have a whole... Um, uh, convoy that goes down to cut the Omer, they come and they say three times, should we cut it? Yes. Should we cut it? Yes. Should we cut it? Yes. Over and over again to make sure that it was known. A public display of the loyalty of Torah Shvalpeh. Right, the Mishnah quotes on the next page, all the nearby townspeople would assemble there, so it will be reaped with great fanfare. Has the sun set? Yes. Has the sunset? Yes. Has the sunset? Yes. This sickle? Yes. This sickle? Yes. This basket? Over and over and over again repeating. Because when you repeat something, it brings attention to it, and it focuses on the commitment that we have to Torah Shabal Peh. Suggest the Vilna Gon. That's the source of saying Hataras and Dharma three times. That mission in Menachas. The Bir Agra explains that we recite Mutterlach three times at Hataras and for a similar reason, to the threefold repetition at the harvesting of the Omer. We seek to emphasize the fact that we do subscribe to the traditions of Torah Shabal Peh and everything that relates to the Torah. Torah Shabach Torah Shabal Peh. Interesting, threes. Why Dafka three times? We're committed to everything of the threes. Maybe it relates to the Gemara in Mesecha Shabbos. The Gemara in Shabbos tells us, remember the Gemara, the Gemara I'll just quote it, the Gemara, on daf, Peiches Amad Aleph, Darash Ahu Galilah, Berich Rachmana, Diava Orientally Soi, that gave the triple Torah. What is Orientally Soi? Torah Nevi'im Exuvim. La'am Tlisoi, to this nation, Kohanim Levim Yisraelim. Al Yedei Tlisoi, Al Moshe, the third child. Biyom Tlisoi, in the third day of Prisha. Biyarcha Tlisoi, in the third of Sivan. There's so many threes by Torah, but maybe by, by emphasizing the threes in the commitment of Torah Shabal Peh. So that is emphasizing that we uh, hold to all different parts of the Mesorah that we were given. So we have it by Hatara Sadarim. We have it by Kitsiras HaOmer. Rav Shachter then quotes three or four other areas where we emphatically do something in a certain way to Lahotzi Miliba Shal Stukim. He doesn't quote the first off in, in Mesechaz Yuma, which talks about the Tful Yom of, of uh, <laughs> Paraduma, but he quotes others. The Rambam, in Hilchas Ishus, in Parakimel, he quotes that even though we know Kesef, Shtar, and Bia, there are three ways to do Kiddushin, we, Dafka, use Kiddusha Kesef. Why do we use Dafka, Kiddusha Kesef? The Rambam says Kiddusha Kesef is different so from, it's not explicit in Torah Shebech So maybe that's Dafka why we use it. For this reason, the Kairam did not accept Kiddusha Kesef. It would seem that the Rambam teaches that we specifically use this method of Kiddushin 
to demonstrate that Orthodox Jews do subscribe to the Torah Shabbal Peh. Another example, the next column, the Rambam and Hilchas Mila. The Mishnah says you could use any sharp instrument that one might have to do a, perform a bris. But all Jews have the custom to use a knife. Why? The Karam approved the use of scissors because it says in Yoshua, Aselacha Charvos, plural. So two blades, which means a scissors, Surim, Veshuv Malas Bnei Yisrael Shainis. But we have Torah Shabal Peh, and we use a knife. A further example, and this is quoted in Shulchan Aruch. It says in the end of Sefer Shmos, Lo Sabar Weish Bechom Oshvoseichem, or does Allah have a fire? On Shabbos. So we know that means one's not allowed to light a fire on Shabbos. But to have a fire on Shabbos, to have hot food on Shabbos, that's okay. The Baal Hamor, he quotes, and it's quoted in the Ramah in Hilcha Shabbos, that if somebody does not have hot food on Shabbos, Chayshinon, Shema, Karite, maybe he's a, one of the Karoim, because they don't have any hot food. We Davka, and some say that's the Makar of Cholent, of Davka having something hot so that we could celebrate how the Torah Shabbat Peh interprets all of these psukim. He even quotes another example of Halakas Neros. There's opinion in Tosas that talks about a bracha on Halakas Neros. We make a bracha on Halakas Neros. So we, of course, make a bracha on Halakas Neros Shabbos. But he quotes, interesting uh, creative, that the bracha may actually have been introduced in the days of the Gaonim as part of the battle with the Karaim. Now on the next page. Who forbade such lighting? The bracha was enacted to show that not only is it prohibited to have kindled lights on Shabbos, it's a mitzvah, and it gets a bracha. So throughout the ages, we have always done what we could to be able to celebrate our commitment to Torah Shabbat Peh. We know there's not one mitzvah in the Torah that we could understand without Torah Shabbat Peh, even though some say, there's an opinion in the Medrash about this, that Nasev and Ishma, the question of Tosvos, how do we work Nasev and Ishma that will accept the Torah willingly, versus Kafalai Marka Gigas, we were forced to accept the Torah. So one opinion in the Medrash, in Parshas Noach, is that we accept the Torah Shebech but then Hashem forced Torah Shebech Peh, but either way, Hashem was saying, it's a package. It has to be one with, it can't be one without the other. And therefore, Hataras Nadarim celebrates Torah Shebech Peh, because it is a, Area of halacha that's not mentioned in the Torah at all. It's pure Torah Shabbat. Okay, <coughs> moving right along. Moving right along to the next section in the parsha, in Parsha's Matos, we have the war with Midian. Beginning of Paragraph Aleph by Sheni. By Hashem says, "Go, please avenge." The Nikama of Bnei Yisrael from the Midianim, and afterwards you will be gathered unto your people. Moshe Rabbeinu, even though he knows his his death depends on it, he still goes and does it. He turns around and says, Go fight. And we quoted years ago the Klayakar, who notes the difference of Hashem says, Nikom Nikmas Bnei Yisrael. And Moshe turns around and says, Nikmas Hashem. Hashem worried about our covet. We're worried about Hashem's covet. Uh, but that, the med, there's a medrash. There's a medrash that I like to focus on. The medrash in Shir Hashirim Rabbah. On the Pusik, when the Jews came back from Midian, 
where the Pasuk says, you have it there in the beginning of source number five, they all came back, every one of them. Right, this is later on, um, when they, um, when they went and they returned, and Baruch Hashem, they were able to, uh, to all, to all make it back. Says the Medrash in Shir Hashirim. Shinayach ke'eder atzuvos she'alu menarachza. Muva rafhuna omer. Shalohiktim echad mehen tefillin shalrosh l'tefillin shalyad. Shilohiktim echad mehen tefillin shalrosh l'tefillin shalyad. Lohaya Moshe meshabcham. Falohaya olin misham b'shalom. It's what we call a medrash plia. The medrash connects. They all came back safely from Midian because they weren't mocked him their tefillin shall rosh to their tefillin shall yad. They first did tefillin shall yad. What does that mean? Sounds like, remember the Gemara in Sota about the, the Chosrimi Muhammad that they didn't talk between the tefillin shall rosh and the tefillin shall yad? But what does this mean? If they would have put the tefillin shall rosh before the tefillin shall yad, Moshe wouldn't praise them and they wouldn't have all come back for Shalom. What, what's the connection? Ask the Menachem Sion. Specifically, what is the connection? Let me explain, says the Menachem Sion. Remember, the son-in-law of Rav Pesach. War is never good. The impact, the tofa'a, every time there's a battle, it's never fully positive. The fact that people have to go to battle with each other and people have to be killed. Not only Mechemes Rishus. Even if it's a Mechemes Chova, it's a Mechemes Mitzvah. Right? It's not something that we yearn for, that we dream for, that we would want to do. We'd rather not. We'd rather not be involved in a Mechemes Mitzvah. Even though it's a Mitzvah. Apa Mechemes Mitzvah. Zushal David. We're not interested. Right, remember, we mentioned this years ago, the dates that Purim fall out are the 14th and the 15th. Right, why is it the 14th and the 15th? If you look at the Megillah, really the battles were the day before. But we don't celebrate the battle. We celebrate the Menucha that we have after the battle. Because the battle is not really the Iker of, even though that's defending Klai Yisrael, and that was a Mechemes Mitzvah. And as he notes, David HaMelech, he has blood on his hands, therefore he can't build the base of Migdash. David HaMelech was finding the battles for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Finding Mechemes Mitzvah. Doesn't matter. There's something there. Hariel Mechemes David HaMelech Nomar Vayomer David HaShlomo Beno Ani Hayim Levavi Levnos Beit HaShem HaShem Elokai I wanted to. But HaShem said Dam L'Rav Shafachta O Mechemes Gedol HaZasisa Lo Tivne Ba'is L'Shmi I can't build it because I was involved in battle. So you see, every battle... Every Muhammad has that. So now he says, Yesh Liros Bazes Akesher bin Muhammad's Midian Mitzvah's Tfilin. So let's talk about it. So what does this have to do with Tfilin? What's the message 
of Tfilin Shoyad before the Tfilin Shorosh. Tfilin Shoyad Mesamlim Esmashe Bnei Yisrael Amru Bekabbalah Satora Nase. Nase Venishma. Tfilin Shoyad comes first. That's the Asiya. That's the Yad. Hainu Anu Mekabalim Aleinu Lishabed Es Yadenu. That means our actions. La Sos is called Mitzvah Hashem. Mi Beli Lavchin Bina Mitzvah Samu Venislanu Mi Mitzvah Shenu Venislanu. There are some mitzvahs that we understand, but some that are beyond us. Some that are beyond us. We trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Tefillin shel rosh, misamam esvashe b'nei Yisrael amru az achro v'nishma. After we put on the tefillin shel yad, nase, every morning we can think about this, nase v'nishma. Tefillin shel yad, nase, tefillin shel rosh, the thinking, the mind, nishma. We're mishabed es roshenu. Klomeres, kochos hachachma, habina, v'hadash v'machina l'shmoa. L'hazbir l'atzmina satam shel anase. Then we do the nase, and now we can try to figure out the nishma. Even though it won't affect it, we will just do the nasa always. And he quotes even some other examples of this nasa v'nishma. Says the Menachem Sion, all milchama is really beyond what we would want to do. We'd rather serve our Kaddish Baruch without milchama. Even milchamos that Hashem tells us to do, like milchames midyan, like milchames amalek. There's an element that we, we don't want to be involved in Milchama. We do it because ain't braver, it's a hechrich. But it's not something that we, that we want to be involved in. We do it because we have to do it. Naseh. Not Nishma. Because if we would think about it, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, do this to the Minyanim, do this to the Amalek, do this to... It's not something that we will be able to explain up until the, the nth degree. Go wipe out a whole population. How could I do this? Like David Melech. Moshe Rabbeinu understands that difficulty in battle. Yes, if there's a terrorist coming at me and, 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 and about to do something, but, but in nation, it's very hard for us to understand that. Nase Venishma. That's what they felt at Midyan. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu says. You did it because HaKadosh Baruch Hu told you and you exhibited Tfilin Shal Yad before Tfilin Shal Rosh. And we trust HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We trust HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the best in mind for all the entire world. And that's the Naseh before the Nishma. And of course that extends to all areas in life. In the less extreme areas, we do because HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us to do it. In all areas, However we act in chesed, in avoda, in mitzvos, nasev and ishma, that is what we, how do we try to live our lives? Okay, moving to parsha number two. Parsha number two, of course, starts off with the masaos, with the travels of Am Yisrael. We've spoken in the past of Rashi and the Rambam and the Ramban uh, and many other pshatim to why the Masos are listed, 42 Masos. We spoke about the magic number 42 a year or two ago. On the Bekoach has 42 words. 42 is always a transition. We see on the Bekoach had transition points. I mentioned that a couple of, uh, a year or two ago. But this year we'll do a thought from the Kedushas Levi, Rabbi Levi Yisami Bar-Dichiv, who quotes an idea 
that many Hasidic sources discuss in many different contexts. The purpose of the Masos. He quotes, we're not going to focus on that part of his question, why first it says, Motsoyhem Masayhem, and then Masayhem Motsoyhem. We've spoken about that in the past too, but we'll just do his Yisod. Venira on line four. Kimudaz Zos Shekol Hamasos. Shenasu Bnei Yisrael Bamidbar Hagadol Vanora. All the Masos that we went through, and we're going to apply this. All the Masos that Bnei Yisrael go through in Gaulus. All the Masos that they went through then. It was to extract and uplift the holy sparks. There was Kedusha that had to, B'nai Yisrael are a magnet for Kedusha, so being in these areas drew them out. Who put them there? Kedush Baruch who put them there? But it's our job to absorb all Kedusha. Shenaflu sham beklipos. Ulahotzi b'la'o mipiv. V'hu atam sho Yisrael chonim b'makam echad zman rav. O'makam echad zman muad. Why were we in one place a long time, one place a short time? We didn't decide. Kodesh Baruch Hu decided. The Ananei HaKavit decided. Did we already absorb the Kedusha? The Nitzotzos? Again, do we know exactly what that means? No, but we can appreciate that there's sanctity, there's messages that we have to try to, to influence and to draw out Kedusha that might be in a place for us to uplift and to be uplifted. And only HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows how long we need to be there for. Depending on the place. Yoshua sent to the Meraglim, Shashalach Yoshua Lachpar es Kalaaretz. Ma'ulashom Lachpar. He says even on a deeper level, what is the word Lachpar? Lachpar means to dig and to search out. But Chafar in in in, uh, in Tanakh also has another language, another translation. Ache Inyan Ikar Kvishas Haaretz Haisa. Aidei Mitzvos Umaisim Tovim. The ultimate seeking out of the land is not just searching it out. But again, in a Hasidic or a Kabbalistic way, it's to perform Torah and mitzvahs and ma'asim tovim in these places. That's really what we want to implant and to extract from there. With and with Ava. And in that way we can uplift his nisosos. So what is, what is the word lachpar? So he quotes on line 19. Pasuk tells us chafra could also mean embarrassed. V'chafra halavana, because so to speak, the land needs the Jewish people to come and and draw it out. It can't do it himself, so it's a little meek. It's a little embarrassing. Kikala aretz chafra mipnei bnei Yisrael ba'sosa mitzvos umaisim tovim that they couldn't draw out themselves. Uba'avdam labori yisbarach, but through the ava and the yira, throughout the masos, we were able to draw it out. And then he says, fascinating, different names reflect different avoda. Charada. They encamped in Charada. That's a certain type of avoda Hashem. Awe and trepidation. Those, that, was the to- that was the topic. That was the avoda for that spot. Vayachanu b'charada. Vayachanu b'miska. Mitika. Sweetness. A different type of avoda. 
Sometimes they had Yiras Romamus, Liro, and sometimes it was Ahava, as he continues. And sometimes it was all different types. And that's how they brought up the Nitzot. There were different, different spots that they had to learn from, that they had to draw it out. Again, it's a Kabbalistic idea, which is very popular in the in the uh, the sources. But he puts it right here that that was the job of the Masos, and we might add that that's the job of Klal Yisrael in every generation. For the past two thousand years, we've been stopping, and it's unbelievable. It's been pointed out: the Jews are in a certain place, and then eventually, we are either expelled or we run away whatever it is, that area, and then that empire collapses after the Jews have left. They're no longer a world, world power because their kiyum is no longer. And therefore the Nitzosos were drawn out and B'nai Yisrael go to the next stop. We, we're, we're waiting, we're waiting for all Jews to finish the 42 Masos to be able to come back to Eretz Yisrael and like Am Yisrael went in after 40 years, we will, Be'er Shem, all go in very soon as well. Okay, moving right along. Lamed Gimel. Lamed Ches. We get to the only yard site, as we know, recorded in the Torah. The only yard site recorded in the Torah, Aaron HaKohen. And it always happens to be around this time of year. Vayal Aaron HaKohen el har har api Hashem vayam Hashem. Aaron dies. Bishnas har boyim l'tzeis meis ol meis in the 40th year. All other yard sites are Torah Shebaal This is the only one that is explicit um, that is explicit here. Is there a connection, as many ask, between Aaron Cohen's death and Rosh Chodesh Av? Okay, yes, we could say Av. We lost the Beis Hamikdash because of Sinaschinam, and Aaron was the Oiv Shalom and the Rodev Shalom, and he left. That's true. But let's see if there's anything else. If you look in the Drash David here in source number seven, Rabbeinu Bachai, he just quotes one line: "Bachodesh Achamishi Bechal Achodesh Zerosh Chodesh Shabo Niftar Aaron Ubetish Shabo Nisraf Beis Hamikdash Vatora Imo." Obviously, a connection between Aaron Akohen and Sreifas and Churban Beis Hamikdash. What is the connection? What is the connection? And he quotes that this is the only this is the only yard site that's recorded in the Torah, and therefore we have to figure out a shayachut, a connection, why it's mentioned. Obviously, it's mentioned here for a reason. Kein line twelve. Yeshlis bonein b'divrei hamedrash. Mipnei ma nismecha misas Aaron l'shviras aluchos. The medrash discusses why misas Aaron is connected to shviras aluchos. Ela malame shayakasha. There's a connection. It was, translating the words, it was difficult. The death of Aaron to Shvira Saluchos. So the question is, what is the connection between that? And furthermore, what's the Lashon of Kasha? Nothing's Kasha for Hashem. So what does it mean, Kasha Lefnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Aaron HaKohen Shvira Saluchos. My shayachus be misaso shel Aaron l'shvira saluchos and ask the alshich, what's the language of kasha? Nothing is hard to a kaddish baruch hu. Kasha lezavgon kagrias yamsuf, 
But again, what does Kasha mean? So says the Drash David. What does Kasha mean? Vadai shemashmuutoshal musagzeh einan kipshutim shel dvarim. It's not the like like the simple understanding because nothing's hard for Hashem. So he suggests v'nire shaloshon kashel of neagadish baruchu shayaches bigzera hayotzeis milafneagadish baruchu by something that happens shinyana hu shinui seder brachus v'stia miminhago shalolam uimalacho. Kasha means, Kasha to Hashem means, it's a change of nature. It's a change of the regular order of how things were set up. Right, the Rambam writes this in, in uh, Pirish Mishnayis on Perkiyavos, that whenever there is a nace that occurs, it's, Hashem doesn't like to do nisim. And every nace would reflect a, an imperfection in the world. Because why should Hashem have to change the world? That's why the Ramam himself says every nace was pre-programmed in my sabratius. But again, that that view even reflects HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a perfect world. So the phrase in Chazal, Kashel Hashem, is when something has to change. The world is going, and then something, Kriyas Yamsuf was Kashe, because something had to change. Shken Gozar, so with that background, says the Drash David, maybe we can understand Shviras Haluchos. Shviras Haluchos, that didn't just affect us, that affected the entire world. The Luchos, if you remember, were one of the ten items created Erev Shabbos Ben Hashmashos. Asar Advarim Nivru Be'erev Shabbos Luchos! So, so what happened? What does it mean it was created during my sabratius? That means this was supposed to be the goal. This was supposed to be the world. And it was broken. It was shattered. Because we didn't deserve it. And therefore, breaking it is a change in the world. Breaking it means... We're a different world, pre and post Shviras Aluchos. Shinui Godol Nase Ba'olam Aidei Shviras Aluchos. We were on one level, the level of Adam Arishon, and they were broken. We spoke years ago in Parshas Kisisa, the Hakdama to the Shar Yosher, Rav Shimon Shkaf. He discusses if we would have gotten first Luchos, we would remember everything. It was Etzbel Okim, it would be a perfect world, but it, it was not meant to be. Moshe Rabbeinu decided, and Hashem said, Shkoach, right? Yashakochach HaSheshibarta, the last Rashi in Chumash. This gives a, a little deeper idea. Because the Baruch Hu had this plan. Kaviyachol. And it was shattered. And it was Kasha Tzachadosh Baruch Hu to have that plan changed. On top of the next page. Yesera Mizu, Al Yedei Shviras HaLuchos HaRishonim Neshtana Kolof and Libana Torah, what we just referred to. All of Libra Torah changed. Right? We have to work hard. We're going to forget things. So Cheta Egel and Shriya Saluchos changed the whole world. Changed the whole world. So says the Drash David, so too Aaron Akoin's death. Aaron, he quotes, as his death as part of the triumvirate of Miriam, Aaron, and Moshe. 
If Moshe and Aaron would have gone into Eretz Yisrael and taken the Jews, we would never have gone into Galus. We would have built a base of Migdash and it would have stood forever. There are other pshatim about that, but not for now. We would have come to the destiny of the world right then, without all the exiles. And he quotes that from other sources. So when Aaron and Moshe died, that was a change. Because we couldn't go into Eretz Yisrael, we didn't get to the Tachlus and the Shlemus, and therefore there's a totally new world. That's Aaron, and that's Shviras Haluchos. But that's Rosh Chodesh Av. Because we lost Aaron at Kohen, so it's a different world, the base of English is not going to be forever. And Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael are not going to be forever. The death of Aaron Cohen laid the foundation for the possibility of Galus. The possibility of losing the Beis HaMikdash. The Galus. We couldn't go in. That's the connection. Again, just parenthetically to end, others point out that maybe it was a little bracha in disguise. Because if Moshe would have built the base of Migdash, so then the base of Migdash would have been forever. But then what would happen when we sin? Hashem couldn't destroy the base of Migdash. Chazal tell us that Hashem took a mashko and He destroyed the Migdash instead of the Jews. He just sent the Jews into exile because He loves us so much. But if the base of Migdash would have been eternal because it was built by Moshe and Aaron, then He would have had to take it out on us. So really, it was somewhat of a blessing. But it was a blessing that we wish we could have figured out a different way to solve. But that's Aaron HaKohen, Mises Aaron, Shiras Haluchos, and Rosh Chodesh Av. Okay, two more thoughts. We have in Parshas Maseh as well the Pasuk that according to the Ramban is the source of the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Right, the Pasuk tells us in Paraglam and Gimel, Pasuk Nun Gimel, So again, this time of year we have to focus on the Beis Migdash, we have to focus on Yerushalayim, we have to focus on Eretz Yisrael, on all three. So again, this is the source. We've spoken about it often in the past, but just to review, just to review, if you look in the Elad Dharm of Schlesinger, he just review, reviews for us the three special elements, three of the special elements. Quotes is from Rav Pavarsky, three elements regarding Eretz Yisrael. They have halachic connotations and they have ashkafic connotations. Number one, he says now in source number 10, Number one, Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, separate from mitzvos. The status. What some Rishonim, the Rishonim, the Ramban, and others on the first half in Gitten call it Chibuv Haaretz. Other Achronim call it Shame Eretz Yisrael. There's something about it separate from its Kedusha regarding mitzvos. 
right? The, Bereish, the, the land got Kedusha when B'nai Yisrael went in. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave it to Avram Avinu. What happened then? Even before Eretz Yisrael Nebrei Zechila, the first part of earth that was created, the Gemara tells us in Tainus, was Eretz Yisrael. The Kala Olam Kula Basof. And he quotes about right, many halachas that are tali. We discussed this in halachic shiurim. Smicha, paharelam davar shel tzibur, egla arufa. Many halachas. The Brahmam says the bracha of al chacham harazim on 600,000 Jews. Connected only to Eretz Yisrael, but not because of the kedusha mitzvos, but just the status of Eretz Yisrael is something. Number one. The unique quality as the connection of Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael to Hashem. Number two. Twelve. Din Mamon, Shazar Yisrael Ba'aretz. We acquired it. Every Shevet has their spot, has their land. So it was a Kenyan. Maybe the Kenyan started with Avram Avinu. Kenyan Chazaka is learned out. In Mesechah Ba'abasra, partially from Avram Avinu. Walk around. And of course, when we went in, we got it even more. The Kenyan Dine Mominus in Eretz Yisrael. And finally, number three, Kedusha Lagabe de Mitzvos. Kedusha Eretz Yisrael, the Gemar, Kedusha Salachumus, Lamaisus, Shmita, Lushar Mitzvos, Fulias Ba'aretz. Three elements. Says the Elah Advarim, Behine line 21, Dover Zeh Pashut. It's obvious, but we have to remember. Shala Acher Shebat Ala Kibush Begalas Bavel. Lo Bale Ala Kedusha Sa'aretz, Le Mitzvos, Atulias Pashan Asai De Kib. Number three, ever changed. The Kedusha Sa'aris Lagabi, the mitzvah, depends on Eretz, B'nai Yisrael being in Eretz Yisrael. Only number three changed. The fact that every Shevet has their portion doesn't change. The fact that there's a special status to Eretz Yisrael that we had before we went in doesn't change. It stays after we went out. That has no effect. The gullus has no effect on that. And therefore we have to remember, we have to remember that only three changed. One and two are still chai v'kayim. And therefore we say in davening, umipnei chato'enu galinu me'artzenu, hariyesh bazerak onesh gullus me'artzenu, avol shem artzenu lo pakamimena. It's still artzenu. V'rak ba'la kedushasa l'chumas in maizras. To their gvul, it's still their gvul before they get back, and we have to remember that as we think about the base hamigdash, think about getting the base hamigdash and Elio Navi, and what all the neviim talk about, what Zachariah talks about, what Malachi talks about, about Eretz Yisrael coming back and the kibbutz gullies for all of Eretz Yisrael. This is something that we have to daven for a little bit harder at this time of year as well. And one final thought relating to every day of our lives, especially as we live through this Magaifa, as we continue to live through this Magaifa, Rachman al-Atzlan, Hashem should remove it very quickly. A thought from the Oev Yisrael. I think we mentioned part of this a couple of years ago, but not in the Oev Yisrael, the Abderav. But now we see it in the Oev Yisrael in source number 11. We have towards the end of Sefer Bamidbar, Ari Miklat. Ari Miklat, the cities of refuge. And the cities of refuge do not exist today in the literal sense. But says the Oeb Yisrael, they do exist in a way that we can 
find shelter in them as well. Beheir lev lahavin uladas yishlor ameiz bazeh ki mitzvah zu no heges bechalzman. Your mikvah applies always. Ki atorah nitzchis. The Torah is eternal. Al kein afilu bezman azeh yishlor shaychus vu tikun lamakinefesh bishkaga. There's a tikun. There's a way for us to find refuge. Rutzalomar misha shagag bachatoyim vaavonos umashchis es nafsho hu yasena. What should he do? How do we find refuge for our sins? We zero, <coughs> we zero in and connect in an intense way to Kabbalah Samach Hashemayim, to Hakadosh Baruch Hu Ba'ava Shlema Ubemisiris Nefesh Gadol Becholavavcha. We know. I should have started with this. We know there were six Ari Miklat, and there were forty-two Ari Leviim that were backup Ari Miklat. The first pasuk of Shema has six words. That's our Yer Miklat. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And the stronger we're connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the more we're going to be protected. And the more we're going to be B'Sheket U'B'Shalva. We just have to work on that. The first parsha of Kriya Shema, 42 words. From V'yahavta. Because that's the backup Ari Miklat. Not just the direct connection to Emuna, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, Avas Hashem and Yiras Hashem and Talmud Torah and Tefillin and Mezuzah. Valeim Titnu Membezir. And there are differences in Halacha. The six words are collate. They protect automatically. You know you're, you know it's near Mikla. You don't know it's near Mikla. Just go in and you protect it. Those six words are automatic. Kabbalah Samachah Shemayim. Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. The 42 need a little extra. The more we're connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the intense way, everything else could fall to the side. Last week was the yard side of the Kleisenberger Rebbe, right, who we know rebuilt his life. He lost his wife and 11 children during the war. He rebuilt afterwards. It's a great-grandson of the, uh, the Divrei Chaim. He rebuilt, and Rav Asher Weiss quotes that he once, the Kleisenberger, his Rebbe, once said to him, not for a moment did I ever have any hearer, any type of thought about the Midos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, about what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was doing. Lorega, Lohir Harti. That's how he got through. Because he was so connected to the Ir Miklat. Once you're so connected, then that's the protection that one needs in any circumstance. And that's what we have to do in our own way as much as we can, to be connected to the six words, to the 42 words, to Shema, to V'yahavta, the only way to get through, because nobody has any idea what's going to be when, and, and plans are, are, are no longer. We can make plans, but we ultimately know that, that the plans are totally out of our control. Yiratzon, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, fulfill His plan very, very soon, the plan of Binyan Beis HaMikdash, the plan of Kibbutz Goliath, the plan of... of so this six words could be easier um, and and clear for all. Let it be His will very soon. Chazak, chazak, v'nizchazek.